you brood of vipers. Who warned you of the wrath to come? Do not say that Abraham is your ancestor. Bear fruit worthy of repentance. God can raise up from the very stones faithful children of Abraham. Even now, the axe is lying at the foot of the tree. The trees which do not bear good fruit will be chopped down and thrown in to burn in the fire. Merry Christmas. <laughs> It worked for John. <laughs> Not working for me so much. How about you? It working for you, brood of vipers? Not working for me. Not working for me at all. In fact, very bitter about receiving this scripture to preach on. I mean, I knew in a general way that it was going to be the third week of Advent, I was so excited. It's the pink candle. <laughs> it's the joy candle. I love it. Joy, pink, pink, joy. Advent, happy, happy, happy. Fruit of vipers. I was feeling very irritated about it. I was looking at the scripture and trying to work my way through it. And the whole thing is irritating. First of all, he's saying this, John the Baptist, saying this at the edge of the river, where people have actually come to him to be baptized. Okay, he's not talking to people who are mad at him. He's talking to people who are listening to him, who have made their way through the city, come far distances, some of them, out to the edges of the wilderness and said, okay, here we are. Let's get baptized. You brood of vipers, burn. What kind of welcome is that? It's irritating the whole thing. That part. And then the other part, which, I mean, may not matter to you at all, but, you know, scripturally, it's a little annoying to me. See, we have this manger right here, empty manger. Why? Because it's not Christmas yet. It's a season of Advent. We are waiting for the birth. Okay, come on. You read the text. You realize Jesus has already been born. <laughs> John's talking about someone who's already in existence. So we kind of messed up the whole pattern of the Advent thing, right? We're still waiting to get to Bethlehem, and now we have the scripture out of the blue. Jesus is already old enough to have gone to the temple, run away from his parents, and been smart aleck back to them about well, where would you think you would find me? <laughs> Already happened. It's a little irritating. So I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling it. I wanted Mary. I wanted Mary and the angels. That's what I wanted. I wanted Mary and the hello favored one. 
and the blessings upon you and the sudden appearance of God in my path and the you are going to bear forth God into the world, that is the one I wanted, joyful. I did not want wild man and snakes and repentance and fire. And I didn't want it for more than one reason. So all that stuff aside, part of the reason I wanted Mary is because I needed, I really needed Mary. I needed hello favored one. I needed a feeling that God would come and say I was good enough to be in the season of Advent bearing forth God, sharing a message of hope. Because I've been having a hard time the last few days. The kind of hard time that maybe some of you have when the holidays come around. It gets very difficult sometimes to be so happy, happy, joyful, generous, celebratory when the holidays also mean for some of us an awareness of a family that we have not been invited to join for a long time for holidays. It can be a difficult time of the year when we want to show our love to the people in our lives and somehow that's translated into purchasing things we can't afford. And we feel like we're unable to show the kind of love that we want to according to the world around us and the terms of that this season feel less than. Many of us experience anniversaries of loss during this time as well. How many of us have lost loved ones during the winter season? How many of us might be entering through this winter season the first time without a loved one with us? For me, this weekend marked an important anniversary of a loss of a love in my life. And so as I kept trying to prepare this scripture, I kept crying. <laughs> I didn't want fire. I didn't want repentance. I was already feeling that it was too hard and that it was taking everything I had to get joyful already. And I didn't want to have the scripture say, here you are, Merry Christmas. Look at all the things you're not doing enough of, giving enough of, being selfless enough of, being thoughtful and honest enough of. I felt a little beaten up by the scripture. And I was so mad at it. And I wanted Mary. And I kept trying to make it fit. <laughs> you know, I kept trying to make this sermon about fire, fire light, tried to fit it, make it nice. And it wasn't coming, and I was angry about that too because everything was just feeling so hard. So I started to think, what could I do, what could I do, what could I do, what could I do? Oh, pray, <laughs> there's an idea. 
Yeah, so, yeah, I went all out, prayed. <laughs> uh, As I was praying, uh, Mary came to me, you know, because I had wanted her so much. And it was so interesting. She came to me, and that doesn't always happen during prayer for me, but it's interesting that this is the celebration for those that acknowledge it of Our Lady of Guadalupe, um, a vision of Mary who arrived to a peasant in the wilderness uh, that journeyed by meeting people where they were. Um, very interesting that that's being celebrated, and I felt her presence meeting me in a wilderness place where I was. And she came, and I said, basically, I want you and the angel and everything to be easy. And she said, um, let's talk a little bit about that me and the angel and everything being easy. And she reminded me that when that angel came to her, she was 13 or 14 years old. She was not looking for God. She was walking along in her normal everyday life, thinking that she had these plans before her to get married pretty soon and just sort of do what was expected of her in life. And what happened was all of a sudden she was face to face with an angel of God who spoke to her by name and who said, you're going to get pregnant with God. Is that all right with you? <laughs> and she responded in a way that, of course, uh, this makes no sense and I feel crazy. How can this be? And all she gets is nothing is impossible without God. And so she does this brave, brave thing. And she says, yes, okay. But she reminded me during the time of prayer, do you know what it meant to say yes, okay to this thing? First of all, who would understand it? Who could I go tell? By the way, I was walking home the other day. <laughs> And how crazy they would think that she was. So she had to be alone with this most of the time. Something she could barely understand. She said, do you understand what this meant for me? I would start to show soon. I would have to explain something that was difficult to explain. People would be disappointed that I was not following the expectations of my family and my role. This meant me, this one choice meant I was going to mess up the plan of my life as I understood it, other people's expectations for me. I was going to be criticized and talked down about, and I couldn't justify it or explain it. I had to just walk it through. I was in the wilderness. It wasn't all that easy. And she reminded me that actually, if you think about it, every single one of those Advent folk, Joseph, the shepherds, the magi, even those that come to be baptized by John, it's not easy. She said, we all have to go to the wilderness. We all, think about all of us, afraid, disoriented, confused, 
charting a new path that we don't even quite understand why we're doing it just because we're looking toward this new light and saying yes. She said it's not so different what John is calling us to, you to. It's the same thing we're all called to, Kristen, during Advent. And as she led me to the shore of the river with John, she said, there's no way to the baby except through the wilderness. And so she brought me there. And she helped me hear anew what John was saying. Who told you of the wrath to come? She said, listen, he's asking, who told you what to expect? You think you know what's going to happen. And by the way, it's bad. <laughs> she said, John is pointing out that our expectations are usually based in fear and usually based in shame. That when he was calling people out, saying, who warned you of this? He was saying, what voices are you listening to? Who's telling you about God? Who are you listening to? And then he says, repent. Turn away from that place. Advent is the time of the unexpected. What you are expecting is so much less than God is bearing forth, but you cannot see it if you are bound by expectations around you. And I was hearing what was being said because my weariness in this season was expectations on myself or expectations I perceived in the world around me of, how happy I was supposed to be, how okay I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to do, give, feel, all these expectations, very little energy left for expectancy for a new thing in God. This new thing happening even now. She said, stand here and listen again. He calls us to the place, John the Baptist does, where we are to question the voices that tell us that we are expected to do or feel or be a certain thing because the world's expectations will hold us down. He says it's not about what you expect or believe. It's what you do that will free you. It's not that hard. The people say, what then are we to do? He says, right question. Very simply, what you are to do is this. Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none. And whoever has food must do likewise. Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you, he says. And do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation. Be satisfied with your wages. As I listened a little more deeply, 
I heard the voice speaking to us today, not merely to the crowd, not merely to tax collectors and soldiers. What are we to do? If you have two coats, let's start there. If you have two coats, share one with someone in need. Not expend every little bit of energy you have giving what you don't have to give. John says, here is how you'll be transformed. Know what you have to give and then give from that place. I offer that to us this season. Know what you have to give and then give from that place. And then know what you're worth. Collect no more than your wages, meaning know what you're worth. He doesn't say, work for free, give it all away. He doesn't say, work yourself till you're dead. He says, collect the wages that are due you, and just that. Know what you're worth, ask for that, and be in a balanced place around what you are giving and receiving. Do not be hateful toward others. Do not be manipulative or aggressive to get your way. Basically, trust in God's provision. Trust in God's provision. If we are having to do all sorts of crazy manipulations to make this holiday season work, we're not living in the trust in God's providence. It is okay not to give every single thing to the point where we are maxing out our credit cards, exhausting and depleting our bodies, straining our personal relationships, feeling depleted and empty in this season. Be transformed at the river's edge. Come to the place where you know who you really are, what you really have to give, what you are really worth, and that God can make a way for you in that place. How is this a baptism by fire? How is this separating the chaff from the wheat? It is simple. Let go of the husk, the outer covering, the external expectations, the external restrictions that we bear in the season of Advent. Let it go so that the seed, the thing that is really giving of life, can be revealed. That your true presence, that which God has created, can be and be all that it is in the season. God is even now separating out. Will you let it go? Can you let it go? We can baptize on the outside with water. We can make a decision to come to the river's edge. But in our time of Advent, the invitation for us all is to allow God's Holy Spirit to take away all that would deplete us, all that is a lie about who we are and what we need to be today so that we may be in right and true relationship with ourselves, our God, and one another. And in this place, we will be transformed.
This is simply an invitation to be who God has made us to be, to live in congruence with the life that we have been given, an invitation to trust in God's provision in the wilderness and to know beyond all doubt that who we are is accompanied by, formed by, uplifted by the God who sustains us in this season and every other. We will live with integrity, new life, new light in the world. And isn't that the coming of Christ? Amen. your peace as we show your light.